0: We have an extraordinary gift of support for you. We all face the same three major challenges when navigating divorce. Isolation, emotional overwhelm, and confusion around the logistics of divorce. Our three-tier support community addresses each of these with a community of peers to melt away your isolation, an emotional lifeline to keep you from drowning in anger, pain, and uncertainty, and a roadmap that provides expert wisdom and guidance through all the logistics during and post-divorce. You can get your free trial month at jbdcommunity.com. That's jbdcommunity.com. Check out this 24-7 support and begin to divorce successfully and thrive in your new life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Navigating Divorce by Journey Beyond Divorce on Divorce Horse Radio. I'm Steve Peck, and now the host, Karen McMahon. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Today's show is going to be so much fun. We're talking about redecorating your space, feel good to heal good. And we've covered so much difficult territory and hard topics that today is about creating the next chapter of your life, beginning with your home environment. And it's really powerful and profound to impact your emotions and how you feel about life when you change your space. So whether you've decided to stay in your marital home or you found a new place to start over, it can be a really fun and exciting time. And today's guest, Jody Topitz, is the founder and creator of We To Me, love that name, Divorce Decor. Uh, it's a unique interior design and mentoring service that helps divorced adults feel happy and comfortable in their new space. And I spoke to Jodi the other day and I'm just so excited about today's show because she has this great energy. Jodi guides us in transforming your home from we to me, married to single. And she shares fun, easy and inexpensive ways to create spaces that make you feel good to heal good. Jodi's love of color, texture, design, It's contagious and you certainly don't have to spend a fortune. In fact, we're going to discuss repurposing your favorite items, adding splashes of color and creating spaces that represent the new you while providing an oasis to soothe your spirits post-divorce. So get ready to smile and expand your visionary horizon and begin creating a home that represents the new you.
1: Welcome, Jody. Oh, Karen, thank you. If I if you were in front of me, I'd give you a big hug.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we we just this whole series on navigating your divorce. There's just so many difficult phases that people go through, and I feel like today is, it is, it's like an emotional hug. We're just going to put smiles on people's faces and expand this new and exciting part of their life, and so, <laughs> um, so, so today is really going to be a lot of fun.
1: I can't wait. I can't wait to share.
0: Let's start by you just sharing with our listeners what, what it is you do and why you do it.
1: Okay, well, I guess we have to start with the why always, because that represents the authenticity behind everything I do, which is why I think it works. So for me, I walked in those clients' shoes before. I had a seventeen-year-old, seventeen-year-old uh, marriage failed, lost my home, went from a house to a rented apartment. It was devastating, uh, so I thought at the time. But I did realize one thing, that when I did leave my home and all those rooms and went into this small two-room rented apartment, I was actually happier and I felt more grounded and secure. And then I realized I had a formula.
0: Wow. So let's take our listeners through your formula, as if they were um, the client in front of you. Where do we start?
1: Okay, well, it depends on if you're actually moving, or if you're reclaiming the state, the space that you're currently in. So if we're assuming that you're moving, like in most cases, people will probably downsize. The first thing to start with always is I like to I like to say calling it going, going, gone. You really, you really do feel like you're going out of your mind. But in order to have some sanity, you need to measure everything. You need to look at your things and figure out what are the things that I love? What are the things I can't live without? And then the math will help you dictate what you take. Um, and that's like the first start. And then right after that begins the color journey, which is what really creates a mood for people and how they feel.
0: So if we slow that down a little bit, um, our last guest was uh, uh, a professional organizer. And so this early stages, I think that there'll be some overlap. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that she mentioned uh, was the idea of... uh, emotionally assessing everything. And I'm hearing you say that. So can we just talk a little bit? So here I am, (laughs) I've downsized, I've left a lot of stuff behind because I'm going into a smaller place, but I still have all of this stuff. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, let me explain that. So the emotional assessment is crucial. And what does that mean? It means going through your things and taking a look at them and trying to figure out And you'll know instantly whether they are uplifting, are they things that make you feel good? Do you look at something that you have and does it make you smile? Or does it bring you dread and and weigh you down and make you feel as though, oh God. You know, sometimes people don't realize, uh, for example, maybe they're taking their marital mattress with them to the new place and they're kind of wondering why Uh, They're not comfortable in their bedroom. And and it's so obvious to to someone like me, but for me to be able to point this out to our listeners and say, take a look at what you have. You may not want to take the marital mattress that you made your two babies on 20 years ago into your new space and think that that's going to be conducive for eventually dating and having a, a very comforting, nourishing space. So that's like a one thing to look for.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that. I took so little bit when I left. I left the marital residence, and uh-huh. I took so little bit. But a few of the things I took were these pieces of artwork that we had. That we had gone to. Uh, an auction at our kid's school and we had gotten these pieces of artwork, which Mm -hmm. I used to love. And I put them up on my wall and they just irritated (sighs) me. And one day I took them down and I like just drove them over to my ex's house. And I just, I left them in the foyer and I was like, God bless you. They're yours. I just, I just don't. And it's interesting because I don't think I connected it with that emotional energy until you just said that but it was like I would walk by and it would be this like irritant almost it was like yeah Yeah, I don't I don't like it anymore it's just not it's not right
1: isn't it something how a possession can have such possess such powerful emotions and they can either be positive or negative so what I like to do and I, I tell people um if they don't uh use me for the services they can do this on their own one of the best tools you can use to to figure out your, um, I guess, your emotional health in regards to your possessions is painter's tape. So what I did before I moved is I walked around and I looked at things... that i I thought I might want. And if I felt immediately when I looked at it that I smiled, I put the painter's tape on it, and that meant it was coming. I called them innie and out, innies and outies, like belly buttons. Are they coming in with me or are they going out? You know I like that. <laughs> so yeah, the Innies and outies. So and then if I looked at it and I went, oh, oh my God, that was the anniversary vase, or, or that was that hideous piece of jewelry that I never did like what was he thinking you know then you know that you either it's a giveaway you sell it you store it or you ask that wonderful friend that you have to hold it for two years until you can think about it so this is a great way to tag things easily not ruin anything and and you know right away what you can take with you after you've gone through and taken a little walk through of your stuff now what about the things that really lift you up Oh, that's crucial. That is crucial. That's the most important part. I, and I like to, I have a name for everything. You probably noticed, Karen. I call this love at first sight. So when you look at something and, and if you like it, how do you feel, Karen? You feel good, right? like yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a pillow. It could be a chair. It could be an armoire. It could be your favorite scarf. But that's how you base either taking your stuff with you and or once you've done that, how you pick your color palette once you're in and how you start to decorate and design your room by something that simply makes you smile and it can be anything. How do you feel when you look at whatever it is, the book cover of something? You might like the color, doesn't matter.
0: And yeah, so if it brings you joy and if it yes. lifts you up and it makes you smile, then that's going into a special category that you're going to use in creating your space is what I'm hearing you say.
1: Absolutely. I one time did a house, a room for somebody and we chose the color of her dog's fur. She loved it. It was, this <laughs> espresso, is that it was this beautiful espresso brown. And I said, oh, let's make your kitchen this color. It's espresso beans. It's the color of your dog. Let's start with espresso and it's funny, it, it, if you think out of the box and not think traditionally, like, oh, I have to have a paint chip or something really boring, what you need is just look around your space and find that that smile factor. And that's okay, where you start. That's, so that's great. So that's the <laughs> yeah. emotional assessment. Yeah. And and
0: just for those of you who aren't at this point yet, I know that for me, I went from a rather large house uh, with a finished basement and attic to a fairly small home for me and my two children. Mm-hmm. And um. And I think that it's easy to get caught up in the battle. And then the very last thing the attorneys always have you do is decide, uh, divvy up personal property. They really are hoping that you're completely out of steam. They don't want to really participate in that. It's financially not worthwhile, but emotionally you could be so caught up in the Winning um, and and what's fair that you can take a lot of stuff that does not match um, love at first sight. That was your yes. term. Yes. And yes. And so and so, just planting a seed for those of you listening who aren't at this point yet. If you're still in the marital home, start looking through and deciding what are the things that bring me joy and the things that are most important for me to. Um, negotiate for when it comes to personal property because less is more and having the things that mean the most to you as opposed to the things that are worth the most, um, as you'll see as, as the show goes on, will be really valuable to have. When you and I spoke last, Jody, uh, you said the next step is the math. And can you explain to our listeners what that means?
1: Yeah, that's re- that's actually the simplest part. Once you've done your emotional assessment, and you find the things that you simply can't live without the next part of this which can be painful is the math and what that means is does it fit you know what karen if it if it don't fit it don't fit baby you know you're going to you're going to you want to bring this giant piece of furniture into this small space if it's not going to work it's not going to work so you have to keep in mind that all right I might be so in love with this, but if I cannot, if it doesn't fit in my new space, the math is gonna dictate what goes, what stays. So if you're still in love with it, perhaps you might wanna consider, like I said previously, having a friend store it for a little while until you move again or sell it or store it, um, professionally store it, you know. But the math is really the final piece.
0: Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Now, before we get into this next part, which is just so much fun, (laughs) <laughs> um, we're talking about people leaving. Is there something just at this point that you would want to say to those who are staying in the marital home? Because I I would imagine that that like reclaiming that space is really important.
1: Yeah, that's really important, I, and it's it's absolutely crucial. A lot of times, people I have found when I've gone in, you know, they're kind of wallowing in their in their past. And as you know, Karen, if you if you stay in the past, you're you're going to be angry and bitter. And if you are fearful of the future, you're going to you know, or the future, you stay in the future, you're going to be afraid. So you really have to learn to live in the now. And so you have to look around and say, all right, look, I don't want to be. For instance, you don't know want you want to maybe take down the family photograph of a. Vacation that you had with everybody because that's going to bring you bad memories So you want to reclaim the house in the sense that you have to make it yours again It has to be it's about you. It's literally going from we to me. You're making the space about you now It's not about your ex or even the family You really have to start with what makes you happy and then what makes you happy will filter out into what makes say if your kids are Staying with you what makes them happy? So walk around the space And see, look at the things that maybe don't want to remind you of your past. You don't want to do that. And then you have to then uh, really take a look into color because color is a very personal choice. And color is an instant mood altering tool. So if you can start with color, you can start to reclaim your space because it's going to reflect truly who you are.
0: So I know we're going to start talking about color across the board, uh, yep. but I just want to stay in this, this, uh, this space for a second mm-hmm. for those who are staying. Yeah, uh, I didn't stay. It's funny because I'll go back and my house looks the exact same that it looked 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And so let's say that you. Um, let's say that the person staying is also the person who who did most of the decorating so mm-hmm. so they pick things right i would imagine this still even like the moving around of furniture and the replacing of things on the wall like and and like you saying colors like there's still uh, if you were to give someone a guide for how to look at their home with new eyes one thing you're saying is things on the wall are there any Other, any other tips before we move to the general rules that we're going to go through?
1: Yeah, I would say, uh, look at, look at, even if you were the primary decorator and you did it all, it doesn't matter. What you want to look at your space is this. It's almost, this is how I compare it. You know, when you look in your closet, you may have liked something a long time ago, but now it's out of date or it doesn't fit you. Guess what? Your space doesn't fit you. It's out of date. So look at your space as going out of style. Even if you were the one who purchased everything, it's time for a new wardrobe. It's time for a new room. It's time for a new color palette. It's time for new things. And you can repurpose old things. You don't have to, it's not like you have to gut everything, but you can change the color of things simply and move stuff around and get a whole new feel uh, just simply by doing those few things. But look at it as being out of date.
0: You know, I just I want to share a personal story. My mom and my stepdad just split up this past spring after 30 years together. My mom just turned 80. Wow. Uh, I have to say it was the most joyful split I've ever experienced. (laughs) And I do this for a living. (laughs) So it was (laughs) mom would laugh if she listens to this because they they were just irritating each other so (laughs) that they both were just delighted being separate. And uh but to the point of our conversation today, Mom ended up buying a small second home down in Florida near my younger sister, uh-huh. and she and my my older sister is an interior decorator, and so we all went out. and Mom has a house up in New York, and it's like just filled with antiques. She used to be she used to you know go to antique stores and junk, and so she went down there and she she created a space that doesn't have an antique in it and it's totally different Uh and and my sister (laughs) has said that she's like it's like she's alive in a whole new way that she's just so delighted with her home and she's so delighted with the colors and the styles and it just speaks to what you're talking about which is like you know creating this new self for mom and just really enjoying her new space.
1: It's really exciting. I mean, think how you feel when you buy a new dress or something that fits you well. It's the same thing. You're you're buying a new space. You're buying into a new space and you're making it yours. And it doesn't mean that what it was before was bad. It's just it's just something different, you know? And something different is full of hope and possibility and excitement. And that's the way to approach it.
0: Absolutely. So, let's yeah. jump into some of the fun stuff. How does Okay. Color, how does color play into our space?
1: Oh my gosh. I am so so passionate about color, I call this is what I call fifty shades of yay. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we a color. Color is has been proven to elevate and inspire our moods for thousands of years. Um, there are infinite amounts of pigments, and cultures all around the world, like Egypt and India and China, are perfect examples of colorful places and cultures and 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 decor, and everything you can think of. So if you can think back and, and you can really try to understand and look at something that's colorful or that stimulates you, Karen, like what's your favorite color, you can start to feel nourished and supported in your space simply by choosing a color that makes you feel good. It's as simple as that. There's no science to it, although there is. There is science to it, which I'll explain. But we are innately drawn to certain colors for a reason. And that's what we should embrace when coming into a new space or even an old space refurbishing it.
0: You know, one of the things I love about the way you're talking about this is when we're coaching people post-divorce, we're really, really encouraging them to take off the coat of armor, to step off the battlefield, to shift their perspective completely away from uh, their ex and... To really begin to be creative and have fun and believe in possibility in terms of creating their new chapter. And as I'm just listening to you, I feel like recreating, redesigning one's home and space is, is a physical way to do that.
1: It is because it's tangible. You know, think about it, Karen. So much of what we go through, through a, as as we navigate through a divorce, is not tangible. It's emotional. You can't touch it. But if you can touch a coffee table, or touch a can of paint, or touch a fabric that feels good when you crawl into bed, or a soft pillow, you you can. It, what what I, what I like to say is, you can see it, you can touch it, you can tackle it. You know, it's tangible, and it makes it it makes it um, real. And so we don't have to take as much time to navigate to our emotions because we're actually in it and touching it. So it makes it more instantaneous.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start with, um, we have to start someplace. So let's yes. start with the bedroom because <laughs> yes. it can really be a sanctuary and may need to be a sanctuary after all that you've been through. So what do we do?
1: Ah, oh, okay, so here I go again with mine, trying to contain my excitement. All right, yes. so bedrooms. <laughs> bedrooms are so important. It's the first room to address because while we're going through something traumatic or after we've gone through it, we all need to go to sleep and wake up somewhere. Okay, so that's our bedroom. So if we can tackle that room first and make it a sanctuary by addressing our five senses. So I'd like to talk about sight, touch, sound, smell. Taste. All right, you can bring all of those senses into your bedroom, all of your rooms actually, but especially in your bedroom. So if you can crawl into, you know, I don't know, 1200 count Egyptian cotton sheets, and you can maybe have scented candles or room fragrances, and that will address your scent. And you can look around your space and see things on the wall that make you feel good, like maybe pictures of your children or their artwork. And you can maybe bring in a cup of tea, your favorite tea, to snuggle in bed and taste something. And then maybe perhaps music, right, to soothe the soul. Maybe you want something sensuous. Maybe you're having a date. Maybe you want something calming. Maybe you've been really stressed um, and you really need new calming classical music. Or maybe, maybe that bedroom is a place where you close the door and... You know, you're just going to listen to your favorite pop star or classical music, whatever it is, but you're addressing all your senses right away. And you can close the door and close the world out once you've done that.
0: So if we're starting in the bedroom, and that sounds wonderful, are there's going just back to color for a minute? Are there Mm -hmm. certain colors that one should stay away from in such a sanctuary?
1: Well, well, Ms. Karen, yes and no to that answer, to that question. So I will give you a little bit of psychology for, or, or the science, I should say, and the psychology behind certain colors. For example, the color blue has been scientifically proven to lower your blood pressure and decrease your respiration and induce a feeling of calm. So if the bedroom for you is going to be a place of calm, Families, blue family is is probably a really good choice. The color green is also uh, falls into that category too because it's fresh, it's starting over. It kind of symbolism symbolizes the beginning of something new, growth, rejuvenation. It promotes reflection. These colors, scientifically, are proven to do that. And if you think about it, think about hospitals and waiting rooms and airports. Very typically, people might be nervous in an airport or a waiting room in a doctor's office. They're very much, or very oftentimes, they're blue or green. So those are really good colors to start with in your bedroom if you're looking for a very calming effect. Now, the opposite can be said if you are looking for a high-energy, stimulating, bold bedroom, which you might want. That might be what you're looking for. Uh, red is a great color for that because it does the opposite. It raises your blood pressure. It actually makes you feel hungry. If you notice, a lot of times restaurants are painted red. It's amorous. Um, yeah. And so think of ergo, the red light district. There's a reason why it's called the red light district. So you may want that excitement in your bedroom. You know, you may want that. I, I did a bedroom for someone that was all done in reds and Bordeaux, and it was gorgeous. But if you're thinking you might want the opposite and you just want calm and soothing, I would go in the blue and green direction.
0: So once you find a primary color or one or two colors, um, you had mentioned to me that there's all types of ways of uh, adding dimension in color with like uh, pillows and things like that. Can oh you yes. talk a little bit about? so So we know what we're putting on the walls now, but there's... Yeah. The bedding, there's the pillows, there's the, the, the window treatments. What do you what do you recommend? And and you know, as as you're talking, let me just say this. I know that you work with both men and women. And so this, th- there may be people who think, well, this is a very feminine thing. Like guys Not don't at really all. get excited about this. So <laughs> I really just want to make sure that as we're talking about this, that we're, we're talking to all of those men. We have a lot of men who listen yes. to our podcasts and they're out there going, how do I design? Like, what do I do with my space? So let's just make sure that we're, we're speaking to them as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no question. And oftentimes for some strange reason, the men's tend to go towards the blues and grays, which is beautiful, and I very rarely see a man do red or, or Bordeaux, uh, but, <laughs> but it, it seems to work, and it, it's just a wonderful way um, to get to feel grounded and rested in, a sp- in one of the spaces in your house. So um, let's talk about accessorizing. So the first thing that we do, we talked about color. Color is the first thing that you address in any room, whether it be your bedroom or any other room. So once... That person has found that thing that they, you know, love at first sight that they've fallen in love with. It could be, it could be a pillow. It could be a scarf. It could be the the, the fur of your dog. It doesn't matter. Once you have that color, the next step is to create um, a flow in your space. And how do you do that? You do that by less is more. Less is more. You put things in that bedroom. If we that's what we're we're focusing on right now. That is all you need. You need your bed. You have to reassess what else do you need. Do you need a dresser? Do you have room for a dresser? Maybe you don't. Maybe you store everything in your closet and you put up shelving on the wall that houses different things so that you kind of eliminate the need for extra furniture depending upon the size of your space. And then the last thing that you are bringing up is the accessorizing, which Pillow, I call this pillow talk. All right, so what this is. The, you <laughs> do have a name for I, I everything. I can't help it. I'm so visual. <laughs> I cannot help myself, Karen. Well, pillow talk <laughs> to me, it's not just about the pillows. What do pillows say? What do they say to you? Think about it. They say, come on in, relax, sit back, put your feet up, lay down, go to sleep. Think about it. They give subliminal messaging. So, pillows are a great way to punctuate a space with color. And that can either be in a bold way or a very sublime way. And now that you've picked your wall color, say, or your, and you've found that favorite thing that you're basing your room on, you can now find pull colors from whatever that item was. Say it was, you know, I don't know. Say if it was a scarf. You can start to pull colors from there with pillows. And maybe maybe say you always love the color orange, but you're afraid to put that on your wall. Well, now is a perfect time to maybe use a pillow because it's small enough. They're, they're portable pieces of art, texture, and design. So you can just pop a, a, some orange in a space without it being overwhelming. Say you have a beautiful soft blue room, but you want to pop a color. So pillows are a great way to punctuate and bring in more bold colors without it being overwhelming and overbearing. Um, What are some of the other
0: things that you use to accessorize?
1: I'm so glad you asked. So (laughs) the next thing is what I call book smart. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, so book smart. What does that mean? They are the same exact accessory as a pillow in that... A book jacket, okay, can be a pop of color in a space. But what's more interesting about books is that books should reflect or give a clue to who you are to um, to other people that may be visiting, and also they should be something that you're interested in. So, say say you like golf, um, you should have books in your house that are about golf. But it's very easy, say for instance that. Ah, I need a, a book about golf because I want to put orange in my bedroom. But my book about golf is not does not have an orange book jacket. You know what I do? I rip off the book jacket and I spray paint it with a can of Krylon spray paint and I make it orange. So there you go. So there's your book that you would be interested in reading that somebody else visiting would say, oh, hey, Karen likes golf and she likes to bake cupcakes. How cool. You can bring those. Books in as pops of color, just like the pillows, but they go a little deeper because they say something about who you are and um, they give a clue to other people uh, about your interests and they surround you, you surround yourself with things of interest.
0: That sounds great. I love books. What about, um, what about, uh, well, let's move to another room. Let's leave the bedroom for a little while. what about the common area? So everyone's got a common space. You may have children, you may not have children. Let's talk about what you what you think about color-wise, accessory-wise, children-wise when you're looking at decorating a common space.
1: Okay, well the common space, you want to make sure again and this rule applies to everything is that it's not it's not overcluttered. I always say a cluttered space is a cluttered mind. When you have a space that you can't walk through without banging your shin, you've got a problem. Or if you have piles and piles of things and they don't seem to ever disappear, that's an issue. And that makes, whether you have kids living with you or not, it makes things it makes things uncomfortable. Uh, so the first thing I would say is make sure that like your last guest said about decluttering, before you even bring anything into your space, make sure you've gotten rid of your clutter or found a place for it, even if you're, even if you're hiding it somewhere. And then start with the primary thing that you need. Every space, depending upon it, what it is, will need a particular piece of furniture that makes sense for that space. So this is the common space. What do we need? Do we need a, an L-shaped couch? You need a piece of furniture. Terrific. We have to address what that piece of furniture is, make sure that it fits. But then you have to always remember when you're doing a space... That you are addressing the walls, the ceiling, and the floor, because if you don't address all those all three things, the room can either be. I think you and I talked about this last week. It can be top heavy. It could be like a Dolly Parton room. It could be just too big. You know, on the top. Meaning, what if you had real big, bulky <laughs> furniture? Okay, and you don't have a rug on the floor, and you don't have window treatments up, so the room is kind of t- it's kind of top heavy. So in order to um, ground the space it's really important whether you have wall-to-wall carpeting or wood floors to have an area rug That de- that is another way of bringing in color and texture and it determines what that space is. So if you have an area rug in your common space, it, dictate- it dictates that that's the space where you're going to sit, possibly watch TV, entertain with that couch, whatever it is you need, whether it's a you know an L-shaped couch or two love seats or whatever it is, with the, the the color on the floor, meaning the rug, the furniture in the room, like the couch, and what else you would need. And now you need to address the ceiling and the walls. So you might want to address lighting because lighting can create a mood. And if it's a room where people are multitasking, maybe you need lights so that you can also do homework or you can dim them and you can have a mood altering uh, effect. And, um, and then addressing the, the walls with, with draperies and artwork. So always remember to do all of that, floors, walls, and ceiling. Otherwise, the room's out of balance.
0: You know, one of the things you talked to me about when we spoke the other day was how you can, you said something that I felt was counterintuitive, which is I could paint my room a dark color. (gasps) Oh, yes. And it would look bigger. And then then you talked about lights. And so I was just like, my jaw was dropped. I was like, oh, that is so interesting. Can you just share that with us?
1: Yeah. Let me rock your world on that one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Here's, Here's the deal with this. I love, I love teaching this to people in when I do workshops or I speak, everybody thinks dark colors shrink a room. They absolutely do not. What they do is make the room darker and we'll address that. But why they make the room look bigger is this. If you can imagine a piece of art, a painting, for instance, if you look at that painting, which is flat and three d- and two dimensional, the background is always darker to give the illusion of depth, right? And the foreground is lighter to give the illusion of of it being closer to you when you're looking at that piece of art. Okay, so that's just that's just the way it is. That's just That's just science. You can apply that to your room. So if your do- if your walls are painted dark and even your ceiling, if you can get away with it. What it does is it pushes the walls out. It gives the illusion of the walls receding out. It makes the ceiling look like it's going up higher. And because the ceiling and the wall are possibly painted in the same color, if you're able to do that, you don't know where the ceiling or the wall begins or ends, so the room starts to look larger. Okay. And if you light every corner of your room with a light, lighting each corner of the room will make the room look bigger as well. And there are some other tips to make your room look larger, which I can go into once you digest this. (laughs) I I love
0: that my son lives on the third floor and it's like it's a it's a a loft area. So we've got those angled ceilings and he was into painting it like this really dark blue. And I just thought, talk about a man cave. Yes, (laughs) yes. And, and it's dark. And so I really want to go out and after I spoke to you and buy some of those like cool standing Ikea lamps and just, lighten up the corners and see if it ends up looking like a bigger room than it is
1: it will and if you if he has all those weird angles make sure that he takes the wall color and brings it up on the ceiling and well as well because you don't want to see any sharp angles in a different color that will immediately and instantly dissect the space in your house it'll make it look shorter and stumpier so I would I would suggest that he does the whole space in that dark blue. And so those- someone
0: someone who thought they were being creative and did like the <laughs> flat wall one color and then the angled wall another color is actually cutting the size of the room in half in terms of the visual look. I hate to burst your bubble, but
1: yes, (laughs) yes, don't do it, don't do it, yeah, no, make it all the same color, so like I said, you don't know where the ceiling or walls begin or end, so therefore it's illusion of, uh, it's almost like an infinity pool, it looks like it just keeps going, you don't really know where it is, and that's going to give you the illusion of a larger space. Um, That is so cool. It is so cool, right, everybody's always shocked by it, but it's so true. It just simply makes the room darker. But it also makes the room very elegant and rich. Dark colors really create a sense of, of, of royalty and richness in, in that no other color can, can do.
0: So I, I want you to just talk directly to the story <laughs> that
1: you had the other day. Speak
0: directly to the men about the subway. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to have to wrap up. This is too much fun, I but know, we're going to start wrapping up.
1: Gonna have to do a part two, Karen. Okay. Well, these. Are, this is affectionately to all of my gentlemen friends out there, my we to he's. Um, I like to just say I really enjoy working with men who suffer from what I call bats in the fe- bell three, and that stands for big ass TV syndrome. So what is that? Here's what happens: the second they're divorced and they have their own place, they speed over to Best Buy. And they try to find a television screen that's larger than a Mini Cooper. And yeah. they want to put it up in their space. Right. And that's all they care about. Look at you, right, Steve?
0: Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, what's wrong with that?
1: Let me explain. I'll explain how we get to the naked lady next. All right. So all right. you want this big, giant screen. And so you put it up. And I, I give you permission to go as big as, as you want. Here's the mistake. They put the one big, you know, poofy couch leather couch facing the screen. With the cup holders. What? With the cup holders and there's no other furniture in there. So it's a straight line like you're in the subway. You're looking, you're looking for the subway straps to hold on to. There's nothing else in the room but the big couch facing the big screen. Yeah. And that's it. And then they're wondering why they can't have a date. They're wondering why dating isn't working, why they can't get women naked in their new space. I'll tell you why. Because it's not conducive for that. Here's what you need to do. It's so simple, and you can still keep your screen and your big couch. What you need to do is create an area for conversation and for having a glass of wine. So how do you do that? You keep your big-ass couch and your big-ass TV screen, but... You get two chairs on the same side as the TV, and you flank the TV with two chairs facing the big couch. You put a rug in the center to ground the space like I talked about. You put a nice glass coffee table, which is what I call invisible real estate. It's there, but it's not there. You see it, but you can see the rug, and so it doesn't dissect your room. And you put maybe end tables next to each of the chairs, And the lighting, like we talked about. And now somebody can sit across from you, have a glass of wine, have a conversation. If you want to watch TV, that's great. If you don't, fine. You can read now. You can turn a light on. Now it becomes a multi-purpose room. And then maybe you'll get that woman to stay over.
0: Yeah, (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Gosh, we've covered so much. You... Are there any strategies or final rules that you would like to share with our listeners before we begin to wrap up and let them know how they can find you? Okay. What do you want first? How they can find me
1: or my rules? I have.
0: Uh, Yeah. Wrap up first and (laughs) then we'll do the contact.
1: Okay. So here's a couple of things you can always try to do. And this one, I'm going to give you a design tip and one is going to be emotionally based. Okay. So one of the things that has been scientifically proven to make you feel good and live a longer life is the smile. No matter what you're going through with in life, if you can find something humorous about it, and even if, even if you're keeping it to yourself and it's politically incorrect, you can still, nobody's gonna tell you what to think in your head. If you can find a, a moment in time to have a little chuckle about something, it's gonna give you the strength to move through a difficult time. So that's my, that's my emotional um, advice. Uh design-wise, what I would say to people is if you're having trouble with clutter or you, you brought too much stuff over, like you said you did at first, Karen, this is my black garbage rule. So here, you take, you take the stuff out that is just, you, you feel like, oh my gosh, I got too much stuff. You scoop up the stuff that you think you want to put out of the room, but you're not, you're not willing to throw out yet. And you put it in a giant black garbage bag. And you put it either in a garage or somewhere you can't see it. And you leave it there for three weeks. If you can't remember what's in the bag, never open the bag and just either donate it or throw it out. And that is how you keep your your space good. Also, once your space is looking really nice, here's the the in and out rule. If you're going to bring something new in, something old has to come out. You can never add. You can, you can. It has to stay the same. The equation has to be two plus two equals four. It can't be three plus two. It has to be. I put. I brought a new painting. Now something goes out. I got a new chair. Now something goes out. So it's always equal. So this way, you don't end up suffocating from too much stuff.
0: I like that a lot. Good. What one last uh, thing I'd like you to speak to, because you know, one of the things going through divorce is the financial fear, and so uh, I would imagine we have people listening right now who have already created a story that that sounds great for people who have money, but I can't afford to do that. And so can we just talk about like the cost of a gallon of paint and what you're talking about and some tips for being able to do to create this oasis without breaking the bank?
1: Yeah. You know what? Paint is the uh, cheapest, most effective way to create a different mood in your space. So a gallon of paint, if it's 30, 40 bucks, and you just take a chance, and you and you paint the room. I always say to everybody, it's just paint. You can always redo it. But also think beyond just the gallon of paint, and think beyond the walls. Think about spray paint is one of my favorite things of all times. There's there are ways to just like I told you, rip off a, uh, the cover of a favorite book and spray paint it the color you want it to be. Spray paint a step stool or. Sp- Spray paint a piece of furniture that maybe doesn't match anymore, but you love it because it used to be your grandma's and now you want to maybe make it cobalt blue and put it in a different room. Spray paint it. Don't be afraid if you mess it up. So what you sand it or you spray it again. And, and you just play with it until you get something fun. Change out the hardware. So there are so many ways things you can do. You can you can you can update your kitchen with not not much money by having the kitchen cabinets painted. If you can't afford new ones, you can have them painted. You can change out the hardware simply. If you have a really ugly floor and you can't rip it up, you can get an inexpensive rug to throw on top of the floor, an area rug, even in a kitchen, especially in a kitchen, to take your eye away from the ugly floor. There's so many things that you can do without spending money. Repurpose old things. If you, you know, I've even taken, um, I've taken an old coat one time that I loved that was worn out. I love the fabric so much. I cut it up and I made it into a pillow. Why do I have to throw it out? I love the coat. Why can't my coat be a pillow? So always think think out of the box that way. You know, if, if, if there's something you like, think how you can make it your own in a, in a unique and different way by changing something into a pillow or camouflaging something with an inexpensive area rug, especially with, you know, shopping online with Wayfair and, ho- and going to Home Goods, you can find really beautiful things for, for very little money. And paint is the best way to just change something up right away. I mean, I have, I've, spray painted, I've spray painted shoes because they were brown and now I wanted them black. So that's how much you can have fun with spray paint. You can do that with a space.
0: Oh boy, you have oh, yeah. truly stretched our creative horizons I have. today, Joni. Thank have. you so much. You're now, You talked earlier about the science of color. Do you have something for people like me who are a little bit artistically disabled uh, <laughs> to, to 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 look at and and um, and explore in order to pick colors? Do you have some kind of a color chart or something?
1: Well, I do have, I do have color charts and I have all that stuff is on my website, but I can give you something right now that if you feel color challenge, that it's a surefire way for you to feel better. And it's, um, it's called EBD. It's evidence based design. And how it all started was in 1984, there were studies done in hospitals that if you put a, a patient in front of a window, they definitely, it was proven that they recovered faster. You know, how many times do we say we want a room with a view? Okay, so having said that, what, what it really is saying is that you're bringing nature in. You're taking the outside and bringing it in. So for someone like you, Karen, you're saying you're not sure about color. Look around at nature. The color's already correct. Bring in the blues and greens. Put up artwork that is nature-based, things that make you feel good. Hang up a mirror that reflects the outside in so that you can feel like you you have, you know, the blue sky in your room or the beautiful sea. So you can never go wrong with the colors that exist in nature. You can you can, you can look at a caterpillar and look at the colors that are on a caterpillar and, and that's your color palette for your living room. It's amazing. It's already there for you.
0: Okay. All right. So I don't know about any of the rest of you, but it's like <laughs> Jodi has such incredible energy and she giggles so much and she's got so much creativity that I want to hire her. And Jodi... <laughs> What is the geographic area that you serve?
1: Well, I'm in I'm in New Jersey. I'm in the Basking Ridge, Bridgewater area. However, I work with people via Skype, Facebook. We text. I did a I did somebody's art studio, or photo studio in Arizona. So I'll work with anybody, or if you want to fly me out, but uh, you can always get me via phone, email, text, Skype. It doesn't matter. I can help anybody. But I am in the Basking Ridge. Bernardsville area, Branchburg area, and I'll go anywhere. I have clients down the shore. I have clients in Florida. It doesn't make a difference.
0: And how can we reach you?
1: Well, you can go to my website, which is www. Oh, that's the obvious. It's we2me.com. So it's W E, the number two M E.com. Think of H to O, we2me. You're going from we2me.com and you can contact me that way. You can just go to the contact section and And you can reach me that way very easily. Um, I also have a book that I wrote called Seriously, As If Going Through Divorce Wasn't Bad Enough. And the subtitle is The Untimely Arrival of Chin Hair. (laughs) And it's about divorce, decor, and menopause. So if you want to chuckle and you want to get some design tips, you can also look into that book. And it has all of the color questions you were asking me about answered in some of the chapters in that book. Um, What's that name again? It's called called Seriously, as if going through a divorce wasn't bad enough. And then the subtitle is The Untimely Arrival of Chin (laughs) Hair.
0: That's hysterical.
1: I, it's hysterical. Yeah. I, it's, any it's,
0: any one of us who are already there know oh, exactly what that's all about.
1: Oh, like I don't, I don't um, <laughs> have to explain that, right? Don't even have to. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so thank you
0: so much. This has been really. It's been fun. It's been insightful. It's been educational. And uh, and for those of you who've been taking notes and really enjoying this, reach out and see uh, how Jody can help you create your new space and start your new life. And before we get off, uh, I just want to say that for those of you who haven't listened before, Journey Beyond Divorce is a team of life coaches. We help men and women navigate the before, during, and after stages of divorce. And one of the exciting things about working in the after stages is the energy that we bring to it, just like today's show. You may emerge feeling resistant and fearful and have a story about how bad things are, and we really help you come alongside you and help you to find. Your passion and the possibility that's available in your new life, your career, your social life, your personal life, your home life. And so if you're in that place and you're feeling stuck, I really encourage you to reach out. And if you're feeling isolated, we have a new community. You can go to JBD community.com and find out about an online community and platform where you can meet other people, access a lot of these podcasts and other uh, resources that can help you step into and create your new life. So please reach out for that. All right. Thanks, Karen. We have an extraordinary gift of support for you. We all face the same three major challenges when navigating divorce. Isolation, emotional overwhelm, and confusion around the logistics of divorce. Our three-tier support community addresses each of these with a community of peers to melt away your isolation, An emotional lifeline to keep you from drowning in anger, pain, and uncertainty. And a roadmap that provides expert wisdom and guidance through all the logistics during and post-divorce. You can get your free trial month at jbdcommunity.com. That's jbdcommunity.com. Check out this 24-7 support and begin to divorce successfully and thrive in your new life.